Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Given my last week and a half that I've dealt with being under the weather, I'm just happy to be here doing the show. This is the Christmas edition of the Wrestling is Real podcast because wrestling needs us. It's December 26th, 2015. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents the Wrestling is Real podcast because wrestling needs us. Podcasting from the AmazonIsReal.com studios in South Florida, USA. This is the King of Podcasts, and I'm here wishing you a very Merry Christmas, and very soon we'll have a very happy and healthy New Year coming upon us. 2016 is only days away. I am recording tonight's program, which is being pushed out on the 26th, on Christmas night, and that's because I had been sick for the last few weeks, and I've just been a wreck. You might have heard it in the last couple of recordings that I did for the show, doing it solo, and let me tell you, it's been rough. So I kind of was in, in the middle of like, what was I going to do? I've slept so much, I've taken so much rest, and just trying to get myself, you know, rehabbed and all, just to get myself back into, you know, fighting shape to get back on the air and start talking about wrestling. I can tell you, I slept a lot. I can tell you, I've taken a lot of medicine, a lot of antibiotics. Right now, I'm at the point where, I mean, I might cough very sporadically. There's not a whole lot of what's left of the gunk that's left in the system. The sinus infection is pretty much almost on its way out, so I'm happy about that to the point that tomorrow I'll finally get back out and, you know, actually go have a life. But my only thing was tonight's Christmas night. I would absolutely be at the movies right now because there's at least five movies. I would be at the theaters right now to go watch. Now, to mention that for Christmas, I was given a boatload of movie gift cards, so I need to go ahead and cash in on those right away. So I got that to work with, <coughs> and there I am. So here's what we got, everybody. Christmas night, what else is there to do? So if I can't be out there to watch movies tonight, I'm going to go ahead and do something productive like do this last podcast before Christmas that I meant to do and do it tonight and make sure you guys are not without a Reska's Real Podcast. So here I am. Thank you again, as always, from the bottom of my heart for just being here each and every week and listening into the show and appreciating, you know, the work that me and Jeremy do each and every week uh, when it comes to the show. It was really nice to say that uh, with all the work with the Amazon is real.com uh, thing that we've been doing to help, you know, help push and uh, help things taking get taken care of for the program. 
I'm happy to say that I was actually go ahead. I was only able to go ahead and throw a little bit towards Jeremy's way for Christmas time, and I did that just as a token of saying, "Hey, you know, thanks for being a part of the show and Merry Christmas." You know, like I mean, hell, I know I only know Jeremy from just talking on this show, and that's it. We don't really talk that much more than that. But you know, for what it's worth, you know, I feel like you know me and him since last October. We got to be really good friends. Mark, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. I got to actually just uh, hit him up with a Merry Christmas kind of thing and uh, make sure he's all good. Um, I just know he's been a busy boy. So, again, thank you all for that. Let me just do a little quick housekeeping before we get started. We'll see how long this show goes tonight because the way things have been going this week and the way things are going to go next week, I think some of the original plans I had for the final shows of the year are going to go like this because it looks like this. Wrestling has just been very, it's been very quiet this week, and I have no doubt it will be quiet next week because right now, the way the business is overall, I mean, there are there are plans right now for New Japan to have a pay per view first off in the first week of January. TNA plans a one night only pay per view in the beginning of January. And, of course, right at the start of January, WWE begins WrestleMania season. The off-season will be coming to a close. Uh, the Royal Rant tonight will be featuring that as the off-season is coming to a close. Just to see what has happened. And also, I want to take some of the Royal Rant to actually give a reality check to those commentators, those podcasters, those people that are very vocal in the internet wrestling community, just to... Get back to some common sense when it comes down to what they can expect and what they should expect and what they what are pipe dreams at this point into what every WrestleMania event should be going forward and how I think people should start thinking a little differently and looking at things a little differently on how wrestling's going forward. And I just think that if you if people have a much more open, wide world view of how wrestling is today and people are open to other products out there, which is obvious, you know, the best thing that happened in the end of the last year or that all the wrestling products that we have been, that we've been a witness to this year, they all got wrestling deals. The only, per, the only group that still has not gotten the wrestling deals, Global Force, and we don't know where that's going to be. But the good news is that, TNA is locked in with a TV deal going into next into 2016. Hell, they already started broadcasting on the new network as of Wednesday. Let's be as of Tuesday. And then you got Lucha Underground, which is already taping shows, which will be featured January 27th on Lucha Underground. Ring of Honor has a national TV deal, and they're still doing their stuff on the Sinclair station. So they're doing okay in that respect. So that's good. You have all that wrestling to go for. Plus, we want to know where WWE is going to go from here going into the WrestleMania season. And even as important, I want to say, how do they go along growing the NXT brand next year? Which is really important. I think there is just some things that we should look forward to next week's program. I think we will do the year end. We will do the end of year 2015 We'll do it right then and there and go through all the stories that really made 2015 what it is and go from there. And I'm going to see if Jeremy can join me for that program next Tuesday. So we'll do that right there. Anyway, with that said, let's go and go through what we do know of the news 
that has been going on since we last talked. Hasn't been a whole lot, but there is a few things that are quite important. I think we're going to start with TNA news. Mike Bennett and Maria Canellas have finished up their contracts with Ring of Honor at the Final Battle Show Saturday in Philadelphia. Bennett and Matt Taven, when they dropped the tag titles to War Machine, uh, there has been no interest from WWE, but that there was that was the word of a few months ago, and that Canellas and Bennett are being told are telling people they're going to be heading to TNA, and the deal is is that. It looks like they're also being reported to get a guaranteed contract for both. And these days, most of the talent in TNA is on a per-show deal. They're allowed to continue to take independent bookings for most promotions. They would not be, though, allowed to work for ROH. The guarantee was a relief. Believes it would have been for more money than what Ring of Honor was offering talent, with the exception of the Young Bucks. Doesn't know. Now, they don't know. There's been no word as to if Bennett Canales will be able to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but the belief is that they will. Matt Taven's deal is up in a few months, and also the knee injury he sustained at Final Battle is not as serious as they as first thought, so he could appear on TNA TV in a few months if they choose to sign him. I haven't really heard about who else has been asked about to join TNA, but it's quite interesting that right now, with the way TNA is going, they're looking to try to bring in some new people and I'm glad they're going into some different names. If they're going to bring in some free agents, I'm glad to see they're trying to do some things now to really get themselves ready for the new move. Quick WWE news, Wade Barrett's injury to his neck is said to be pretty serious, but the Fed has not made an official statement on the injury. And as we've seen, he's been on and off TV. His last match was on the Tribute to the Troops taping and the SmackDown taping on December 8th. And at the same time, he also wrestled a 16-man tag team match on that show. So we're still waiting for word, but that is exact. Now we're learning that's why he is why he's off of TV. But you know, we've been hearing conflicting reports for a while now. TNA will be doing a one-night-only pay-per-view called TNA One Night Only Live, which will be during the pay-per-view uh, during the uh, tapings that they'll be doing in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. But this will be a live event. It will air live on pay-per-view in the U.S. and Canada while those in the UK will get it on Challenge TV in the UK on January 12th. And it's possible that TNA is holding this pay-per-view just three days after their pop TV debut. Uh, what, what happened was this was a miscommunication between TNA and the pay-per-view providers because the original plan was they were going to hold a pay-per-view event in India when the India tour was supposed to happen when that got canceled. But... January 8th was the original date for the pay-per-view to air. And that Dave Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer said that one person in the company said he didn't know if it was true regarding the airing, but it had heard something about it and believed they were doing a pay-per-view that night. What I'm interested in seeing is that they were actually going to do it live as opposed to doing one of their one-night-only pay-per-views. I don't see what they're getting out of that. Then, of course, I mean, nobody does, but they just decided to keep doing it. For you guys, if you didn't know, on Raw, during the Slammy Awards edition of Raw this past Monday, Tom Phillips got slapped down by Stephanie McMahon. The first shot that he was given when he was slapped down was legit, but then everything else was just like slapping on the back. But it looked like he didn't almost get kind of hurt doing that. And Tom Phillips has been officially become the new Josh Matthews in WWE. Just a whipping boy. I don't know what happened to him, but... 
He's being used for that, and I guess he's just taking what he can for his money. Rey Mysterio's contract with AAA in Mexico expires at the end of the year, and he's expected to work a lot less in 2016, concentrating on working with Lucha Underground, which he just signed to, because of the bigger money deal and because he's making it clear he doesn't want to wrestle a ton of matches so he doesn't get you know prone to injury. And he also wants to spend more, a lot more time at home. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that's why he's not considered going back to WWE. AAA hopes to at least get him for some of their bigger shows. But, of course, uh, with AAA, they're having some issues because they've lost Alberto Del Patron and Mestesis, and then also the passing of Peril Aguayo Jr., so they're in a really rough chant, uh, rough spot. Uh, there was a plan for Mysterio to work with Johnny Mundo for the AAA title, but now that's not going to happen with Mysterio's requests. And in the AAA promotion, it's expected that Pentagon Jr. will be getting a major heel push in 2016. It's good to see him get the rock, and obviously his work in Lucha Underground has said a lot. A little bit of Slammy's news we hear about. Kevin Owens was expected to win the Slammy Award for Breakout Start of the Year, but it was mentioned that the voting was legitimate and that Neville actually did win. And since Neville won, we saw what happened with Owens just deciding to interrupt the speech and then proceeding with a planned angle with Dolph Ziggler, Neville getting out of the way and leaving the stage area without a physical altercation to Owens. Interesting little tidbit. By the way, we're not talking about the Sammy Awards tonight on this program. I just, you know, it's even if it did happen, it's not something that I feel like I'm going to bring a whole lot to. There's just nothing really important about it. I said earlier that TNA had their Best of TNA program, a special on a part one of their a special, the Best of TNA in 2015 on Pop TV. It happened on Tuesday night and they got 111,000 viewers. What they had on before that was a block of soap opera programming, which I believe a, a rerun of Days of Our Lives actually ran before the Best of TNA. And then there's another inter- interview, that, or there's another special they're going to be doing next Tuesday, 9 o'clock Eastern, Pop TV. And then they will do their semi-live debut Tuesday, January 5th. Those of you that were watching Ring of Honor's Final Battle 2015 last week, Ring of Honor will have their 14th anniversary pay-per-view in Las Vegas, and they have already announced that the King of Strong Styles, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Gato will be back for that live event, as well as Kushida, who works with time with Alex Shelley as part of the Time Splitters tag team. By the way, did you know that Rosa Mendez was pregnant? I didn't even know about that, but that's why she's not been on TV for a while. And some other Ring of Honor news, Red Dragon, Kyle Fish, and some other ROH news, this from ProWrestlingSheet.com. The contracts for Ring of Honor wrestlers Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish may soon be expiring, but 
Fear not, Red Dragon fans, because Pro Wrestling Sheet says that they're close to inking a new deal to re-sign with Red Dragon. There have been talks that TNA actually reached out to try to reach Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and were offered a low-ball amount contract, so they're going to stick with Ring of Honor. And I think their deal to stick with New Japan will probably be really good for both of them. And where they're going to stay, I mean, it doesn't really make a difference for them to really go anywhere else right now. We haven't really brought this up at all over the last couple of weeks, but I want to make to a point about this now, which is also really good for Ring of Honor wrestlers, is that Ring of Honor did announce a couple of weeks back that they are now signed with a new strategic agreement with Pro Wrestling Guerrilla that enables the, the their exclusively contracted stars to compete on a select number of PWG shows in California every year. And that's the one thing I guess that's got to be said compared to what NXT offers some of the wrestlers that are coming over is that the opportunity to work additional dates is still the one caveat that Ring of Honor has to keep some of the wrestlers that they do right now to help them avoid by being picked up by an NXT. And that hasn't stopped certain wrestlers to go over to NXT to try things out. And the same thing for TNA, because they're kind of trying to keep them thing, keep themselves somewhat exclusive as well. They do allow them to go to certain shows, except, of course, they can't be on other televised programming. So that's just some of the things that are being worked out. And to offer those kind of op- possibilities and those opportunities to some of the wrestlers, from going to NXT and taking a low-ball contract, it's just something to be said there. It's actually working out. But again, there are some certain things, and I'll bring it up in the Royal Rant as to weighing the idea of going to NXT or not. Tribute to the Troops on Wednesday night on the USA Network scored a 1.25 rating, or in other words, 1.802 million viewers. As for some of the other ratings that they had, the showing of Santa's Little Helper on USA Network on Sunday, December 20th, uh, it got 857,000 viewers. Not bad for a, a Sunday night compared to what other programming could be on. I mean, I was watching Homeland myself. Monday Night Raw this week got a 2.3 rating, 2.33, average 3.37 million viewers. Super SmackDown, the Tuesday Night Live SmackDown got a 1.53, uh, 2.264 million viewers for that program. Among some of the other Ring of Honor talents that are in the air as to being under contract with Ring of Honor, or if they are free agents that might be looked at by other companies. Let's look at some other names. Steve Carino has not been working under contract with Ring of Honor since September 2013, so he's been there on a real, more or less like a handshake agreement. But he is negotiating a deal with the company to continue as an announcer. And that negotiations are doing pretty well so far, to the point that Ring of Honor also just released a new DVD on Steve Carino just this past week. AJ Styles at the moment is a free agent, but is being booked for four Ring of Honor events in the first five weeks of the year. Styles representatives noted Tuesday that Styles is booked for the Ring of Honor tapings on January 9th in Charlotte, North Carolina, February 6th in Nashville, Tennessee, plus shows in January 22nd in Nashville, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia on January 23rd. And for those that are wondering, some of the major names that Ring of Honor has, the Briscoes already have exclusive deals with Ring of Honor. We know about that. Adam Cole is signed in. Roderick Strong is signed in. The Addiction, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian are advertised for a handful of their winter, uh, the Ring of Honor Winter Warriors tour shows. 
They have a working agreement with Ring of Honor while also taking independent dates locally in California to reduce travel. Chris Sabin has not advertised for upcoming shows. However, his role is expected to increase after returning to the ring at final battle. He was injured during the first part of his Ring of Honor return. And that's the latest news going on. The headlines brought to you, of course, through the courtesy of AmazonIsReal.com. AmazonIsReal.com. Let me tell you a couple things about AmazonIsReal.com because there, of course, has been things when it comes down to the Christmas time. Of course, Christmas shopping I talked about, essentially, of course, no doubt about it. And I'm, I'm so thankful that all of you did make it a point to come and buy stuff at AmazonIsReal.com because I can tell you there were lots of items that were ordered. I can't tell you how well it did. The conversion rate on just what we did alone was 36% conversion. That is incredible. So for every time, like it was about like one out of every five clicks to the website, somebody was buying something from there. And I'm, I can't even tell you how awesome you guys are for helping us out with that. So thank you so much for doing that for us. It was like so rocking and I can't even tell you how much help you guys were to us. So right now we're in the dog days of the end of the year. And when I'm talking about the dog days of television, you know it by now, just like everybody else. There is jack shit on television between now and the 1st of January. And as a matter of fact, your king of podcasts actually did a little extra research. I was looking the other day at just the programming that I watch on TV. And if I told you some of the shows that are available now, when the new network shows are going to be coming back, I don't know what it is, but cable and network TV are doing some funky things this year. Namely, they're doing some things like this. So I have shows that are going to be coming back and some that are going to be starting right off the bat. Showtime, HBO, they're very good about that kind of thing. So second week of January, I got Shameless. I got Billions. Uh, I'll have Good Wife coming back, not until February. Family Guy comes back right away. Like all the Fox shows come back. Uh, I'll have American Horror Story Hotel, come more episodes to watch. I'll have American Crime to watch. I'll have Law and Order, SVU, Blacklist, uh, The Darknet, which is going to be a new show on Showtime. Some hacker drama looks really cool. Black Sales is coming up on Stars, but there's a lot of shows that don't start for a couple of weeks. Like at this moment, I got to ask myself: Well, I got what three and a half weeks or so of looking for some new TV or something to watch. So at this point, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and looking at old reruns of shows? Or, you know, why not get yourself into some binge-watching of some shows? And let me tell you a great place to go is Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got great stuff. First of all, as you know, when you want to buy just everyday stuff from Amazon, it's real.com. Amazon Prime, free two-day shipping. And, you know, get unlimited deliveries, no or, no minimum order size, 20 million eligible items, everything you need. And then also there are certain things that if you're in a big city, you get free same day delivery to on over a million items. You just got to look and find out if your if your city is uh, already included. And then when you're talking about the movies and TV shows that you got, okay, you got unlimited movies and TV shows with Amazon Prime Video. And right now you got shows that you can watch right now that are beginning really really big and popular. Man in the High Castle is a brand new original series. Like Amazon's got brand new shows you've not even heard of. It's got Transparent. That's been a real popular show that gets a lot of stuff. 
Mozart in the Jungle. You got Hand of God. It's a brand new show with Ron Perlman. You remember uh, from Sons of Anarchy. You got Red Oaks. You got Catastrophe. You got a bunch of brand new shows that, you know, like you'd be surprised how many shows like the Hulus, the Amazons of the world have right now. And they're like short seasons. You can watch those like no time and watch it, right? And then let me look forward. And then you got brand new movie. God, there's new movies I got to watch. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, which is the whole thing with the um, uh, the whole, you know, clear and present danger, the, uh, the, the Patriot Games, those type of movies. And Jack Ryan, uh, Chris Pine. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Takes over for that. Expendables 3, if you haven't watched that yet, you got Hercules. You got, God, there's a lot of movies that are on here. Anchorman 2, if you haven't seen it yet. There's just lots of movies to go and catch right now. If you want to go and catch them, you can look for that right now. And Amazon is real.com. I go for the Prime. So you got lots of movies to go ahead and choose from. You got movies. You got Selma. You got Top 5. Uh, Jesus, man. You got Interstellar. You haven't seen that yet. There's like buku movies you can watch right now. So the thing is, <clears throat> if you're looking for movies to watch and you're stuck and you're saying to yourself, well, shit, I have nothing to watch right now that I could really get into. And I just want to watch some stuff that I'm going to be really like excited to watch. Like there's just not much going on. Like, tell me, let me tell you like this. If you got Pram right now, you could be watching Vikings. You could be watching Firefly. You could be watching Strike Back, Banshee, all these new Cinemax shows. Want to catch up on 24, Justify is a great show I've been watching for a long time. You want to catch up on the old Sons of Anarchy episodes? That's a great show to binge watch for a few weeks. Stargate Atlanta's the Stargate stuff. I mean, Sons of Anarchy. It's like, I'm telling you, there's just so much to watch on here that you could catch up on. And I'm just telling you, if you want to watch something, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you want to get into that? I know a lot of people that swear by that show. They love that. So, like, you got shows to watch. And if you need to find something to watch, then go for it. You just go right to amazonisreal.com and go for the top left corner and look at Amazon, the logo, and say, try Prime. Plus, another thing that I notice a lot of people are doing is streaming music. A lot of our listeners are liking the stream music from the Prime Music Service because you can make custom-built playlists. You got ad-free access to a million songs. Listen to all the music that you want, and it's great. Plus, if you want to put photos up, you got Prime Photos. You got a big cloud drive, so you can put all your photos up in one place secure. And there's even so much more. Like, how about Kindle? You want to go ahead and look at ebooks? All you want, eight hundred thousand free ebooks right there. Amazon is real.com. Go look for Prime, and just try it out for thirty days. And if you like it, seven ninety nine a month after that.
that's not much. I mean, there's a lot of monthly services that are out there that try to offer more. But let me tell you, Amazon gives you a lot for $7.99. But just try it out for 30 days. Take it from me, King of Podcasts. Try it for yourself. AmazonIsrael.com. So now we're here at the Royal Rant, which I'll tell you what is um, our chance to evaluate the WWE's offseason and see what they've actually done good this year. Because I think through all the things that happened through this company, when there's pressure put upon this company, they do much better. I don't know what it is, but they really just do things better for themselves when they're under pressure. I put a story last last week. I actually put up a blog post that says, WWE executes brilliant booking under pressure. Let me just read a little bit of this. Because here's the thing. Much like how the Attitude Era and the threat of WCW bear fruit to pushes for some iconic WWE superstars and memorable moments, WWE has shown some glimpses of that reputation of booking brilliance when under pressure. And I felt like they pulled a Hail Mary of booking brilliance when they did what they did with Roman Reigns. And, you know, they, over a couple of months' time, they had Roman Reigns, even though, you know, from the offseason, it just kind of worked that way. Maybe it wasn't originally the plan to go ahead and put the belt right away onto Roman Reigns after WrestleMania, depending on how long Seth Rollins was going to hold that belt. I always was under the impression Seth Rollins would hold on to the belt for maybe a year, like he would hold it from WrestleMania to WrestleMania and then drop it there and have a very long run. Nevertheless, he did have a pretty long run with that belt which I'm very happy to say it's just unfortunate that, you know, it's the, being resilient on the road, being a mid-sized guy, not being a full heavyweight, like not, I'm not saying he's not a heavyweight, but like we're talking about the super heavyweights that are more of the preference of a Vince McMahon. I mean, for Vince McMahon's type, you'd prefer that Seth Rollins was several feet taller, about 30 to 40 pounds heavier. And more jacked up. But for what it was worth, Seth Rollins did an excellent job where he was. And it's going to be obvious that when he comes back, Seth Rollins will be. We even saw the Slammy Awards when he got his award. He was somewhat getting, you know, some elation from the crowd. Because I think after a little while, seeing less of Seth Rollins when they saw so much of him all this year, people missed him. People really did miss that guy, and I, for one, will say I miss him too. And the use of Vince McMahon two weeks ago on Raw to get Roman Reigns over and to pull the proverbial trigger on the Roman Reigns championship run was great. And, of course, I, I think nothing, none of us was said about the fact that it was done in Philadelphia, okay? Same place as Royal Rumble. So twice in the same year, you go back to the same venue – the same place that Roman Reigns is jeered, heavily booed, and the crowd has pretty much turned around. Almost a complete 180 to this guy. And at the moment, I think with that, with also doing what you did with the Wyatt family, you've done a couple things to help get things back into certain order right now by the time the end of the year happened. Because this week's Raw, next week's Raw, I mean, Raw will, next week will be fine because you got John Cena finally returning. That'll help get some people watching next week. 
I mean, having them back is, is always a welcome relief for some, especially for the company. They're going to be happy to see their golden boy back. And there you are. Now we're at this point where they did some things right. And, you know, they just went through such a hellhole when it came to what they had to do to try to keep people interested and just kind of just playing this. I don't know. It was such a weak run for the company in the off season when you couldn't, you were unable to really build some really interesting matches for Seth Rollins, you know, carrying him up as a champion. Because the thing was, is that the idea that Seth Rollins should have been somebody that every week, every month, you could have had some new opponent come up that a new face that could have been so strong and so legitimately possibly have a chance that Seth Rollins, you, you believed that he was going to lose. You didn't think there would be a chance that Seth Rollins could retain the title, but it's what they did with it was, 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 was bad. Okay. When you look at the, when you look at those, at the, at the pay-per-views they had after WrestleMania and look at the off season itself, remember how the off season started when Seth Rollins didn't give Brock Lesnar his rematch as planned. What happens? And Seth Rollins, and then Brock Lesnar just goes ballistic. He gets suspended indefinitely. And then we come back and they say, okay, so for Extreme Rules, you have the start of five consecutive main events where Seth Rollins is holding the belt as champion, defending against a plethora of people. Extreme Rules, he held against Randy Orton. And regardless of what it was, yes, you know, it wasn't a bad match, but the truth was is that that match itself was like, it was just kind of there. Really wasn't much else helpful. Because when you look at the rest of the night, I mean, they were really just, the way things looked on paper for the off season was, it's as if WrestleMania did not finish any feuds. We've talked about that. Because then you still had Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper continuing their stuff. You had Kid and Cesaro and the New Day continue with their stuff. You had John Cena and Russo continue their matches. It's just there was nothing resolved. And Randy Orton, for what it's worth, was, you know, an incredible champion, but we kept seeing all the things they kept doing with Seth Rollins to include J&J Security, to include Kane, to almost make it just impossible at any cost that Seth Rollins was going to lose that belt. And the DQ finishes just did not help. They just would not give this guy clean pin, clean pins for most cases. Then you got payback, which fatal four-way matches never do very well when you got Owens, Ambrose, Reigns, and Rollins together. And it it just sucked. And then, you know, they had the bad, the bad stip with Kane being fired from director of operations if he would have let Rollins lose the title. And then the rest of the matches you had there, Sheamus and Ziggler fighting each other again. You had New Day and Kenneth Cesaro and another match, just another match. Cena and Rusev and another match, an I Quit match. It's just there was nothing creative or special to any of these storylines. It's just that they just kind of kept following through. And then they started doing the, the, the extra shows. So, like, you had Elimination Chamber, which that night actually was pretty good because it wasn't even like one that counts. But when you looked at it, you're saying to yourself, 
it was interesting that the world heavyweight that the world heavyweight title was not put up on the line in the elimination chamber. Instead, you had Ambrose and Rollins in a singles match. The IC title was up for the elimination chamber, and the tag team titles were in elimination chamber that night. And then, of course, Kevin Owens over John Cena that night made things pretty quite interesting. So that wasn't bad. And then you did start bringing new people into the mix because that was Kevin Owens debuting pretty much there. And Neville also debuting in his first pay-per-view at Elimination Chamber. So a couple new names in the mix, but were they going to be really built into anything bigger? There wasn't going to be enough time, nor was the company interested in building them so big to build them that big. And that was what their deal was. Money the Bank, a little bit better when you look at it because then you saw... Again, it was the same thing where Sheamus and Ziggler, of course, in the same mix and Roman Reigns was in the match where they were going to see who was going to win Money in the Bank. Sheamus wins it. And I'm still surprised they found a way to go ahead and pay off that Money in the Bank briefcase. But there you go. But again, you know, you have John Cena get his win back. Nobody really cared. And then Seth Rollins again beating Dean Ambrose. And the thing was, it was the Dean Ambrose that was getting the matches here. And nobody really just much cared. And then Battleground. And then you bring back Brock Lesnar. And this is when things kind of really went into some weird direction. Because it was obvious that right there, they kept putting Ambrose and Orton and other people out there to the point that they felt like there was no more. They had nobody that had any spark or any real shine on them as a baby face to take on Seth Rollins. So enter Brock Lesnar. And for some reason, I thought bringing Brock Lesnar early back like he did, I mean, instead of having him in there for SummerSlam, you brought him back for Battleground. I see what they tried to do. But then what you do with the match itself, yes, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins winning by disqualification. And that was because The Undertaker comes back and all of a sudden decides to go and interfere in that match with that. So the thing was, they were trying to do was, it wasn't as if they were doing anything creative. It was as if they were trying to do a little bit of continuity in retrospect of Battleground. Because Brock Lesnar, to the fans, he still was due his rematch. They bring the rematch and never pays off because The Undertaker then interferes. For whatever reason, the company just decided, well, we have to do something big for SummerSlam. We're going to do it starting at Battleground. And also, given the time that they had to go and do this, they had, you know, four weeks to go and do it. So they said, okay, up to SummerSlam, we need to build something big. So Taker and Lesnar was made as the main match. People thought that Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker was... Whatever the company thought, they thought that was a match that people were really going to be behind and really going to care about. They said, we're just going to do it again. And I don't know if it really made much of a difference or not. But even SummerSlam itself, you know, it did not really give us a whole lot to really, like, was amazing. Really just held out. Because, again, you know, he's had New Day have everybody and anybody that they've beaten for the tag team titles. Dolph Ziggler in a bad storyline with Summer Rae and Rusev after basically Lana was out there with, with Ziggler and the whole thing with that, which was really stupid. And then Reigns and Ambrose were put together to go after the Wyatts. And, you know, the Wyatts again losing in a short match. 
And then at this point, Seth Rollins had to start taking on John Cena. So let's go for old standby John Cena to give Seth Rollins something to do. And then the Seth Rollins storyline and, you know, the fact that the main event was no longer the World Heavyweight title. It was just as if Seth Rollins was slowly being looked at as not as important. Like, of course, they gave him all the time on TV to try to get over, but they gave him bad storylines to work with. They gave him some bad matches to work with because, yeah, he took on everybody, but really it was nothing special. It's like you put him up against all these people with no real storylines to go with, and it's just that the storylines as given were just not good. And then we get to Night of Champions, and then for some reason, Sting is brought back to take on Seth Rollins. So again, this was offered so that Sting had a chance to be looked at again. And, you know, it was it did do something to help bring people's interest into the pay-per-view because Sting coming back to wrestle again. Okay. Ziggler and Rusev was part of that card, and again, people just did not care. The Dudleys returning to take on the New Day. That was, uh, you know, created some new things. But, of course, at this point, this is what was the problem. It was at this point at Night of Champions in September where really some desperation started happening. Because, like I said, when you have, they're continuing the story with Wyatt's against Reigns and Ambrose, and then you're you had to bring back Chris Jericho for a night to come in to be a part of that match. Then you had to bring back Sting to be an opponent for Seth Rollins, and unfortunately, Sting almost basically got hurt for career by being in that match. And then you put John Cena Seth Rollins again in another match. But this was for the United States title. So in some case, Seth Rollins loses his United States title and then John Cena gets it back. So the thing was nothing. You were just doing things where you're bringing people back to try to get some kind of a spike, some kind of a spark that was getting people interested in the offseason. So they thought bringing back the Dudleys, bringing back Sting, bringing back Jericho, bringing back Lesnar, bringing back Undertaker. And those are the kind of things that they thought they needed to do to help build up things for whatever it is. They they were trying to find ways to kind of build up and keep things somewhat semi-interesting. And that's the whole thing, is that the off-season keeps things semi-interesting. There is real no effort, no real effort that was given the off-season to help build things up. I never really thought there was. I think they were always piecemealing or they were always patchworking things with bubblegum and duct tape to try to keep things afloat. But then we saw what happened because they kept doing these little, you know, rush jobs to get certain people up into the card to give some kind of instamatic feud or in some instamatic interest in a match. But remember, it never really mattered what it was because no matter what, the plan was to keep Seth Rollins with the belt, which, yes, that was good. But you could have done better things with Seth Rollins in the long run. And then he gets hurt. And then you had this tournament. And, you know, making the most of the situation, you did the Survivor Series tournament to get up to the finals. Uh, 
and then you had Roman Reigns eventually win the damn title. And the thing was, even the brackets that you put together for that Survivor Series championship, or that World Heavyweight title tournament, you know, you already knew there were certain people that were just in there that were just like no star power to it. And that's because of the fault of the company. Because of what they did to certain people that really, like certain people were just put in just the filler. When you had your first round matches, Big Show, Stardust, Ryback, Callisto, well, uh, Callisto, Titus O'Neil, eh, King Barrett, no. I mean, Ziggler, Miz, possibly, and Tyler Breeze. were just certain guys, about a good, almost a half of that roster right there that was put into the brackets. You now had no, no belief in the world that would ever be possibly contending for the world title. When you get down to it, Reigns and Del Rio, Owens and Ambrose, you had good matches for it. And then you get the payoff with Reigns winning the title, which I was interested that they did not decide to go ahead and continue with it, which was fine. You know, it was just another way to keep Roman Reigns out of there. I didn't know if there was just something they did just to make sure that he was not allowed to, when the cash was made, you know, it was a matter of that Roman Reigns, I still don't believe that they were going to put the belt on him right then and there. It wasn't the right time. This is where things, when they did what they did with Sheamus winning the belt. And then ensuing that for the next three weeks, things couldn't have been worse for the company. Record low ratings. You had people, in some cases, certain shows were not getting, certain house shows were not up to capacity. You just, and, and a whole lot of negative press. At the very end of the year, right before Christmas time, and right after Thanksgiving, the holidays being such a really bad time for this company, they struggled so bad with all the things they were doing with it. And then, I don't know, when they decided what they decided to do at TLC, you know, they did a few things in terms of the matches, which are not bad. You know, you, you, you did some changes to help things out. I mean... When you took the Dudleys out of the tag title picture and put them in towards the Wyatts and include Rhino and Tommy Dreamer to be a part of the eight-man tag elimination tables match, and you let the Wyatts, yes, the Wyatts have been basically, you know, using the ECW team, whether you have, you know, you know, either insert Rhino or insert Kane or insert Dreamer or what have you. And no matter which way you slice it, the Wyatts have been able to dominate each and every time. So you've gotten the Wyatt family their heat back. That team looks as strong as they did prior to what they did to them at Survivor Series by letting Taker and Kane destroy them for whatever reason. But it was more the fact that it was Taker that still is so all-powerful, and that's just the way that Vince McMahon is going to want to continue to book that character. Well, that's just what they decided to do. And that's just their, their way of doing things. So, okay. If that's what they wanted to do, that's fine. I'll live with that. Maybe it's because they just don't feel it's their time yet. That could very well be too. But right now, the Wyatts are in a good place. And then the post-match for Sheamus and Roman Reigns and the beat down to Triple H... You got a couple things you can work with, even now going towards WrestleMania, because 
what you didn't afterwards, what you did afterwards was you really built a WrestleMania storyline post TLC Raw by letting Roman Reigns overcome all obstacles, win the damn belt over Sheamus, look at the real eyes of the authority a la Vince McMahon, and just feeling some old school magic there. Roman Reigns became. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Became the man. And I'll tell you what, so far, it's been fine. Him beating down the League of Nations and taking him out. Doing what it is like to go and help out his, his friends uh, in Ambrose and the Usos. Can't knock him there. And they haven't had him wrestling a lot, which is very important. I, that's the one thing I thought also was quite an interested in seeing the couple of times we've seen him on TV is that he hasn't wrestled a lot. I mean, he's been wrestling more for the house shows and all as champion, but that's that's great. They obviously look at, at something where Roman Reigns is very important to this guy. And also, it's the stereotype of the company, the way they like to treat certain guys. They're big muscle-bound guys. You know, there is something to be said about how Roman Reigns will be somewhat entitled and will be somewhat propped and pampered by the company because he is the prototype of the type of guy that WWE wants to show to the world as their face of the company. There's no doubt about it. So when a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan or a Seth Rollins comes along, you know, the company is just compelled to make somebody that's smaller or not as big and jacked up work that much harder to keep their spot. And that's why you've seen, and I've said this before, the size of guys are so important and imperative to who hold on to the belt. That's why at any time, WWE is very comfortable having a John Cena as your champion. And the truth is right now, I mean, promobility or not, you know, I mean, John Cena can cut a good promo when he's serious. And Roman Reigns, to his credit, as long as you keep it brief, his promos, when they're done serious, are just fine. They cut the mustard. They're just good enough to keep him where he needs to be. And so for the company itself, they found a way to navigate around the offseason, survive it. Like they're still, you know, they have some things to do right now where they're not so much in desperation mode now because I think they saved face over the last couple of weeks with what they've done. The Slammy Awards was enough to keep people kind of semi-interested. The ratings did, of course, drop. You know they were going to drop anyway, but not too much. They didn't go back down under 3 million viewers again. They're not going to do that for right now. I think with Roman Reigns as champion, that's not going to happen. When Brock Lesnar returns, John Cena's back, your numbers are going to bump back up. And I almost guarantee you that that January 4th Raw, when Lesnar's back and they start building up WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble storylines and everything starts getting some, some, somewhat you know excited again, 
because people just know they come back in January, they know WrestleMania season starting. And they know that the Wrestle, the Royal Rumble stuff is going to get started. They're going to start seeing what they're going to do when it comes to those matches. So, you know, that's what they're going to do. And you're kind of, you know, starting to build a little bit of momentum to it already. Because right now, Roman Reigns has a few different people he could be going up against. When it comes down to WrestleMania, people are already going to start booking for it. I, for one... I'm ready to see at some point Triple H take on Roman Reigns. I wouldn't necessarily want to see the title be on the line, but I think they're going to have to do it just because Triple H is going to want to do in storyline, just take the belt back and get it back into the hands of the authority. And if it's not Seth Rollins that can cut it because he's hurt and Seamus can't do it because he just can't cut it, then Triple H will say, well, if you're going to do it right, you got to do it yourself. Now, let's move along to other things here in the Royal Rant. And I'm going to talk about NXT. With NXT, the company and Triple H now, they want to go ahead and increase the amount of shows they're going to do. You know, get some more revenue coming in for that brand. And for what it's worth, you know, when it comes to what they've done with NXT and the TakeOver specials that they've had, they've done a damn good job with it. I must give them some credit. They have been able to keep things pretty interesting, you know, since the start of the takeovers that they had. And it's not as if they had, you know, I mean, they just had some just really good things that they did. This year alone, they had some excellent matches to get things started because 2015 was just a markout year for the NXT brand. When you had the offseason going as bad as it was, what did shine was everything that was happening with TakeOver and with the NXT brand. Because when you were dealing with Seth Rollins and stagnant storylines and just rehashing characters, bringing them back in just for one out, one and one and one out matches, the freshness and the interest of the NXT brand was just incredible. I mean, just go back to May. You had Owens and Zayn, and what a well hyped match for you know the NXT Championship, and you had Zayn. Going in there, and that was, of course, that was right after Elimination Chamber, where Owens won the uh, U.S. title off of uh, John Cena. I mean, just remember what, or actually, uh, yeah, when, when Kevin Owens got the win on John Cena, right? And you're saying to yourself, look at what's going on as NXT champion, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens having, you know, knockout, dragout matches, and the feud going on from February to May was just fantastic. And then you continue that. You Then you did the uh, event in Japan where Balor and Owens took on each other, and then Balor wins the belt, the Beast in the East, which we forgot. Some of those certain specials that, I don't know what it was, but when the network did certain things, their little specials, the Elimination Chamber, the Beast in the East, shine compared to the other pay-per-views. And people were just asking themselves and just scratching their head, why is it that there's certain things that the WWE can do absolutely right and some things that they're not? So that was one of the real discussions in the offseason as well. And then you have Finn Balor and Kevin Owens in the latter match at TakeOver Brooklyn, which unfortunately that got over, almost overshadowed by Bailey and Sasha Banks in the best women's match, arguably the best women's match on television ever, when you see that right there. 
just the things that they had. I mean, even just that night, all these things that they had with that takeover special, you know, it was really good. Yeah, the Fatal Four Way with Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Dana Brooke, and Emma, and Vaudevillains and Blake and Murphy had a nice little feud going. And hell, even Enzo and Cass were not even on the main takeover special. But Brooklyn, remember, that was the night they also pulled, what, after the day before SummerSlam, and they're pulling off, you know, they filled the Barclays Arena, 14,000 people. And right now, that was the, that was the real crux of, like, how big can we blow up NXT? Because they're doing it. I mean, they did 5,000 in San Jose for a late-night NXT show prior to WrestleMania in April. And when they go away from there and they start going outside, they pull 10,000 plus in London, England at the, at the SSC arena, the Wembley arena. And then they're going to go to Dallas. They've already sold out the NXT pre WrestleMania show. NXT takeover Dallas has already sold out. And that's a 10,000 seat arena in Dallas, Texas. So when you get the right specials out there, they are building up to it and they're selling out all their venues. What needs to be noted here is that NXT right now, I think you can't grow this brand much more than it already is. Right now, I think it is at the peak, at the size it is most comfortable being. Because this does not need to be a Raw or a SmackDown caliber brand. Like there are still certain things that are important because most importantly is the way you treat the wrestlers. Certain wrestlers on your NXT roster need to be held to two different standards. Number one, if you are with the intention of pulling, putting one of these NXT stars and moving them up to the main roster, calling them up, then you need to continue to make that their only point. But there are certain wrestlers that you have in the NXT roster, you don't necessarily need to move up. But I think you need to make sure that they are looked at as enhancement talent, much as the same as um, I think you could enhance them and you can use them much like, so like use the Dudleys. Okay. You could bring them down and up into the rosters. I mean, the Dudleys, no, not so much, but there are certain guys you have right now on the roster, Samoa Joe or a James storm or a Rhino. I think keeping them at the level of NXT is they don't need to go much farther than that. And I am not of the opinion of other broadcasters out there that think that some of these NXT stars should go up even just for a little while and get moved up to the main roster because there's supposed to be some void that they're going to fill. But this is goes this this and this goes to my other point. Let me just make this last point about NXT and I'll move forward. About what I think the commentators and the IWC are wrong about. And what I think they're wrong about. So the NXT brand right now has grown to a certain point. And I think just make sure that who you're bringing in for enhancement town, don't bring them in with the promise that they're going to get up to the main roster when they're not. I mean, at this point, James Storm and, and uh, you know, James Storm or, um, you know, even to my point, I think there are certain guys that are in, I'm in the middle about should they go up or not? Because Sami Zayn, or even a Finn Balor, I teeter on the fence 
as to whether I should want to see them up on the main roster. They're still smaller guys. And were they initially meant to be brought on into the main? Were they meant to go to NXT to go up to the main roster? I don't know. I mean, Kevin Owens, I think at his point in his career, that's a guy that actually, you know, I just felt like if they brought him into NXT, look at the impact that guy made right like overnight, overnight hot. And then they immediately pushed him up to the main roster. And he is, he is now solidly in the spot. So what happened was is that Kevin Owens, one of the few guys that has successfully made it to a very good spot because he is one of the few guys that has actually persevered. And I believe he is overachieved where I thought he would be in terms of his spot in the main roster. Because you have to ask yourself reasonably, where are the certain guys that you see right now in NXT that you feel like doesn't matter who you are out there. doesn't matter which radio show you, 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 you were talking on that you were host on. I'm talking to all the podcasters out there that feel this way. Solo monsters, Don Tony's Joey numbers, Anthony missionary, Thomas, you know, Matt men, shake them ropes, law, any of the ones I listen to anyway. And I'm just saying to myself, even the old, you know, even your old school broadcasters, your Jim Ross, your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, and the way they think things are the way supposed to things are supposed to go. My thing is this: that it's being responsible, saying to yourself reasonably, where do you think these guys are actually going to be landing? Where do you think they're going to be placed? Let's not be selfish here, guys. I don't see Finn Balor getting. Very high up on the roster. People are hoping for the pipe dream of a Daniel Bryan type push once a Finn Balor or a Sami Zayn make it onto the roster. Not a lot of guys get that Daniel Bryan type push or a CM Punk type push. Like, you really have to be over the top. Like, the one thing is, Sami Zayn got the right reaction to himself when he came out for his. Open challenge, United States Open challenge against John Cena, and had a hell of a match. It was also in Montreal against his home crowd. Hey, nothing taken away from Sami Zayn and his ability, but he is an injury risk. You know, I mean, we we know that he was hurt a little before. And the thing is, is that how far can that guy go in the company to put himself? I mean, my thing is this. Do these NXT guys want to be pushed up to the main roster to just muddle around in the mid card? Or are they legitimately going to make the main event spot on the roster? Because Kevin Owens, I see, has a very good chance of doing that at some point in his career. Because I think that's they're, they're prime something that for him. Like, look at the rumors that are being already said. The fact that that guy might even be considered a guy to put up against Brock Lesnar of all people. That's a pretty big rumor to put out there, but just the consideration and right now he is fine for the IC title. I mean, they put him up against John Cena right away. I mean, this is not a normal guy that decided to go and brood. Look, and regardless of his weight, regardless of his attitude, this company, I mean, I guess triple H and whoever else is back there. They have some real aspirations for this guy. 
So this is the guy that made the cut. Finn Balor has an amazing entrance. And he does have a very good, he is a very skilled, accomplished, polished wrestler. Hell of a wrestler. Sami Zayn in the same light. I mean, hey, I guess I'm also one of the guys that, like, I just think that there's certain guys of certain sizes that I want to see them excel. But I don't know. If, I mean, outside of an NXT, the style of wrestling that a Finn Balor or a Sami Zayn have, they would excel more in the main event of a Ring of Honor card or a New Japan card than they would in a WWE main roster card. They would also not even excel on a TNA card. And that's, I mean, maybe TNA has a different feeling about it, but I just feel like the style of wrestling that these guys give, which are amazing matches. Remember, WWE still has a style. They're not changing that. They just allow certain points of those type of wrestlers to be featured. But here's the thing. If Finn Balor or Sami Zayn get moved up, what are they going to become? Are they going to be where Neville is right now? Playing around and battle for Christmas matches against Stardust and the Ascension? Or are they going to be up where Kevin Kevin Owens is right now going after titles? That's why I'm not in a hurry to see those guys move up. Same thing for some of the veterans that you have. If I want to see Samoa Joe or James Storm or somebody else move up. No. But I think what NXT could do is continue to build those guys. Those are stars right now in NXT. And those guys, you're not going to be able to just replace over and over. You get back Sami Zayn now. You'll get back Hideo Itami very shortly. And you have new singles wrestlers now that are getting over. And they'll have some room to have new singles matches with. So what happens is NXT will have a good complement of wrestlers that they can have right now on their roster that they can go out and do these house shows and they can actually have a pretty good living without having to resort to go up and get called up by the main roster. Is that the original plan is WWE has certain guys in the NXT roster that are being built to be called up. Their intention is to be trained is to be developed so they can move up. That's why you see the, the the Tyler Breezes and the Rusevs move up because those guys were originally here developed to be moved up. Their intentions were that. A Hideo Itami or Finn Balor or, or Sami Zayn, there are aspirations where they could move up. And they might move up. But I'd rather see them booked in the light of a main event guy for a particular brand. And I don't think there's anything wrong with them being booked as main event stars on NXT, which NXT is such a respectable brand right now. I don't think anybody looks at it as like a secondary brand because NXT is looked at as a separate brand. I think people are very hard to not even look at NXT as a farm league system because it's not. Even Triple H has called it a brand. He called it that during WrestleMania week. It's a brand now. I mean, they just happen to have guys in the Performance Center that get to go there. But the environment, the TV, 
the specials, those guys feel as much as stars. So what if the casual fans of WWE don't like pay attention to them? I wouldn't care. So if that's the case, make sure they get paid proper. They're just certain guys that should get a little extra in their contract or a little extra in their salary because those guys should get money from the house shows because they are the draws. I mean, partial draws are your developmental talent, but you do have a lot of people now from your NXT brand that are able to build that, that are able to give you the difference between booking a 2000 to a 5,000 to a 10,000 seat venue because you have some of that real worldwide talent on that roster. And so going forward, NXT needs to be doing what they're doing, but they should be holding back certain guys that I think feel like should move up, but they shouldn't. So I'm not a fan of certain guys getting called up. I think WWE should go ahead and continue to move guys up as they need to that fit what they think fit best for them. And they're going to do that with art, regardless of what any commentators or anybody out there or any, any vocal people in the IWC or fans like us think they're going to do what they're going to do. And as for developing talent within the main roster, they have to be able to do things with the guys they have. Quit relying on guys to be coming back from injury. Quit relying on trying to bring guys back from the Attitude Era or ECW or what have you. Those days need to be done. Those days need to be done. It's a matter of time where WrestleMania, yes, you go ahead and bring certain guys back, but they can't be wrestling anymore. You want to make them special guest referees, make them managers. I mean, if you want to use certain talent and bring them back into the fold, then you use them in certain spots as authority figures or managers or what have you. But they cannot be in-ring competitors anymore. If they cannot be out there more than a part-time status like Brock Lesnar, they don't need to be. Okay? And I think there are certain fans that still feel like they can't look with one good eye and just realize let's not continue to go ahead and look at certain guys in the same breath and just say, oh my God, this guy's still getting buried. I don't still won't believe it. I'm still wanting to give guys a certain chance if there's a storyline that comes in that will give a chance for certain stars to be rebuilt and resurrected and rehabilitated. Hey man, I think in certain cases, there are certain things where the company's done some good things with certain guys. Right back, they have rehabilitated back into a mid-card level guy that could vouch for, that could go after the IC title. I think Rusev to a point, after all the bullshit with the Dolph Ziggler storyline, I mean, he's still not back to his normal level yet, but I think he's in a better spot. I think the League of Nations spot might actually be helpful because I still think one of those guys out of that four-man group, out of, every time it happens in a faction, there should be somebody that actually stands out that might actually do well. So there's a chance for somebody to just do better and to just stand out. Obviously, with the weight of the Shield and the Wyatts, which has always been the pet projects of the company the last three years, Roman Reigns, they have already 
invested as their champion. They're ready to work with them and go forward. When it comes to Dean Ambrose, he's IC champion. Really haven't talked about him so much being there, but they have him there. And they have him with some really good competitors right now, with Ziggler and Owens, and they're doing some really good stuff with them. And they featured him a lot in the last couple of weeks because that's just what they like to do. Obviously, Ambrose, some way, shape, or form, is still somewhat important to the company. There is something about him that he's still staying behind where they still see a lot of upside in Ambrose. So they haven't really buried him so much, and they've kept him in certain spots where he's still more or less strong. Right now, as IC champion, he's strong, and people are happy where he's at. The Wyatts as well, they're in a very good spot. So the Shield and the Wyatts, all those main characters right there, are in a very good place where they are on the roster. And I'm proud of that. But then you got to do some other things with certain guys. So maybe something comes of the League of Nations. I mean, something's got to happen between one of those four guys to stand back out. I'd like to see Rusev and Del Rio really stand out from that. Something where something happens to those guys that really just make it make a big difference. And you just see somebody breaks back out again and really becomes important. Because let me tell you, man, when you look at what's coming down the, the pipe, the other thing that the company's done very well during the offseason, which I got to make mention of, is that they did find gold in New Day. Their tag team division right now, they have found some pretty good gold. They, they, found, they have found some real comedy gold right now in New Day. And I think those guys, even I was starting to say a little too much New Day, but that's what they were in desperate mode. Right now, New Day's not being shown as much as they have in the last few weeks. Since the Roman Reigns title push, New Day is now back to a respectable amount of TV time. And, you know, they continue to do their things with certain tag teams that are out there, and that's fine. Good. So the the tag team division, you have segments that are kind of filling up the space right now on Raw and SmackDown. Women's division... Regardless of what you got to say about the Divas Revolution, I mean, yeah, the Bellas and having the the amount of Bella time that we've had and the fact that we need to get rid of all these factions and all because Team Bad needs to be split up too. That'll change soon enough. Charlotte right now in the spot as a heel. Continue to work with Paige. I mean, right now, the Divas Revolution never got that real start like we wanted. But I think that the level of the matches, somehow, some way, they did get better. I really think they have. Because the main event matches we've seen on pay-per-view have been pretty good. Since Nikki Bella dropped that belt, the matches have not been bad. The TV matches have sucked, but the matches have been okay. So you have... Your belts, and you have certain feuds that are going on with between each. Right now, you just see some real creative storylines to go in between to make the belts matter because the original plan that they had really just got blown up. You thought Seth Rollins was going to stay around and be healthy enough to continue with the title. But having Roman Reigns right now at this point is good for the, for the company. You thought John Cena and Daniel Bryan were going to be holding the belts collectively, the IC and U.S., John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge was very good for quite a long time. 
It wasn't bad at all. People really did enjoy it. I think the IC title, even though Daniel Bryan had to drop it, all the things that you did with the IC title to get it to where it is now, IC title is pretty strong right now still. After all that's been said, I think the IC title isn't a very good place. The U.S. title just hasn't been defended. I don't know what that is. I think, And I just think it's because Alberto the Rio is holding that belt, keeping it warm for John Cena to win it back next week. That's what I think. Overall, I think the all-season, just wrapping up the Royal Rant tonight, all-season had a real lot of shit and a lot of things going wrong, but again, under pressure at the very last moment possible without letting things going really going off the rails. WWE did some brilliant booking to bail themselves out of a bad situation. I think they did the same thing earlier this year at WrestleMania when they decided to book Seth Rollins to cash in and win the title. I just think they have bailed themselves out of some spots and they have found ways to put themselves in a better place. I don't know. They have survived. So they're in a surviving spot right now. And WrestleMania, like Jim Ross decides to tell you, hey, they got to sell 100,000 people in Texas. By God. And what are you going to do to do that? I think if a Triple H and Roman Reigns matches put at WrestleMania, that'd be good. You give Brock Lesnar a match with somebody. Let Undertaker have a retirement type match. Find a few other things to really make important. Make four good co-main, make some four good main events. Build the hell out of build the hell out of them. Make them make them matter, man. Do something with it. I'll tell you that's that's what you got to do. And then on top of that, I think. One of those co-main events doesn't necessarily have to be a a men's event. It could be a Divas event. I mean, I think you could do... I'll tell you a bold prediction right now. I think WrestleMania, you could do something to really build that Divas division and give us one super match. It's not going to be a Bailey-Sasha Banks quality, but something is good. I think you could build us a really strong feud in the Divas division, put a real one-on-one that's going on right now, whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Paige, whether it's whatever, you, or whether it's Sasha, whatever you decide. But the Divas could actually have a real big match that I think she can draw. That would be one of the four main events that they could really push and do something with at WrestleMania. I really feel that. And I don't think you need the Bells to be in there either. And it doesn't have to be some three-on-four, five-on-five bullshit. No. You can let it be a one-on-one for the title. Make it big or make it a three-way, whatever you want to do, a four-way, whatever you want to do. But you can do some things right now to really build up a match at WrestleMania and be one of those featured attractions that they have. So keep that in mind. Because right now, I mean... WrestleMania, if you really want to try to book on what they have, you could pretty much book about half the show with certain storylines and build some matches so you can probably pair some people together with, depending on what they do. Royal Rumble, you'll find out who Roman Reigns decided they decided to put him up against. 
or let or let the Royal Rumble, you know, have a match where Roman Reigns defends and see who they put him up against. But we don't know what that's going to be yet. Nobody really knows. And regardless of what the Observer or Pro Wrestling Insider or anybody else says right now, everything is hush-hush at Titan Towers. But things are at a spot right now where they can create some strong storylines, create some feuds, and build real storylines around them to make them compelling and get WrestleMania season back up in order, right? They could do that pretty soon. They could do that as soon in two weeks. And then people will all be up excited again. And all this talk of the off season will be done. And then, you know, hey, even, even the show like ours is going to have to go back and talk about WWE in, the, in a pretty, uh, pretty good sense because, you know, they'll be doing some exciting things again. You know, you know they're going to be doing that. So there's my Royal rant. Wrapping up, off-season, they turn things around at the end. NXT, they don't need to grow it anymore. And there are certain guys that we do not need to be selfishly thinking they're going to make the main roster and excel. I think there are certain guys that are better off staying where they are and remaining stars, where they will be respected as such stars. And that we kind of quit looking at bringing back the past and bringing back part-timers to keep building WrestleManias. Can't keep doing that. And what'll be nice too is that we had so many things going wrong with certain brands where, you know, wasn't a lot of interest in certain things because TNA became lame duck by August. Lucha Underground was gone by August. We were kind of like just in a spot where we were just like wrestling was just, it was just WWE-centric and there was nothing much else to talk about. At least now, we have some new ignited interest for TNA. Lucha Underground coming back. Ring of Honor will also be back pretty good in strong style. So I'm happy to say about that. And next week, we will focus the Royal Rant. We might have a little bit of news that might happen here and there, but for the most part, we will be doing our year-end show so we'll look at the entire 2015 and the world of wrestling in general, based on the blog posts that I wrote and Jeremy wrote on our website, kingofpodcasts.com. Again, kingofpodcasts.com, where you can find all the past blogs and podcasts that we've done. So let's just go over a couple quick shows real quick that we do have. A couple good things from NXT, uh, the the second show that they did uh, that's from uh, TakeOver London, the Wednesday night show they did this week. I did enjoy the uh, the four, the Fatal 4-Way tag match, Jordan and Gable. And Jordan, I'll tell you what, one of the best things I've finally seen from this guy was letting this guy do his Taz impression by doing suplex after suplex. I'm seeing it more and more. And Jason Jordan's very good at it. And I just... I like certain guys that have that kind of look, and I think Jordan and Gable have a really good thing going on right now. It's time to go and keep those guys, keep those guys strong. You know, let's, let's continue to build. There's some interesting tag teams right now, and they just need to do some things where, you know, certain guys need to be put, you know, in certain spots. I just don't know where the vaude villains fit into things, or Blake and Murphy, or the mechanics, or Enzo and Cast, or all these middle of the road tag teams right now, but nobody's really stand out like in terms of you know standing out in terms of characters Enzo and Cass 
big time. Enzo and Big Cass, no doubt. I mean, all the other guys, they're just good wrestlers. Vaudevillains is a nice look in a character. They got something that stands out. All the other ones are just kind of just muddled. Jordan and Gable are finally, you know, breaking out of the pack. So we got to see what goes on. I'll talk about Sami Zayn. Still want to try to get a read on the drifter, Elias Sampson, who had his first match. A uh, little blue singing kind of thing. Not sure what to think of what this guy is so far. Quickly, let's move on to Raw SmackDown. Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. And Stephanie, Jesus H, man. You know what? You want to talk about a gray heel. First of all, I love when, I love when she comes out to start off with she, and she's got that grin and her smile. And just still beautiful woman. Now, of course, I am in the Stephanie McMahon fan club. I've, I, of course, I have remarked and I've made many great comments about this woman in terms of a character, one of the best heel characters there is. I thought, well, they, she did with Reigns and Reigns just saying, well, they don't want me to let, they don't want me to leave and all this stuff. And she says, get out of my ring and like what they're doing with that. I like the Kevin Owens going hockey style on Dolph Ziggler and that little pull part they had after Neville won the breakout start of the year category. That was actually really cool. I'm a little bit over the Wyatts continuing to beat the Dudleys and whichever tag team partners they have. It, hopefully, it's not their fault. They just need to go ahead and like milk the, the they're going to milk the Wyatts against these guys for the rest of the year because that's what they're planning to do. You know, they're not going to start anything new now. Not when they know the real eyes of the, their, their casual fans will start peeking back into the product next month. We know that. We know that they're going to do that. So they're all going to milk that. So for me to really say anything, I just feel like, okay, we got it. All right. Thank you. Wyatt's are strong again. Nikki Bella winning the Diva of the Year and Paige and R-Truth playing out, which is hilarious. And I wish I would have gotten a chance to talk about this earlier this week because I know the luster on this is art. The shine of uh, this particular joke is gone. But the day after the Miss Universe, Steve Harvey, epic fail, which I did watch live. Poor Miss Venezuela, which, by the way, does she look like a Sofia Vergara look like or what? Uber hot. And I must say the Miss Philippines, uh, that that girl is a babe, too. Not much to say different. Like, they had some really good-looking women on there. And even the funny part was Perez Hilton trying to make a little you know, dig on Donald Trump. And I just felt there was some karma for the fact that uh, Steve Harvey made that real screw-up. Funny also today that watching on Instagram and Steve Harvey puts up a sign that says Merry Easter. He's taking the joke in stride. So no doubt that guy understands. He felt pretty bad about that. The New Day Christmas album. This was on SmackDown. This was hilarious. I loved the wish you a booty Christmas and a happy new day. That made me laugh. I'll even watch SmackDown again because I got I slept halfway through it and I got back up again. I don't know. But I just felt kind of like, wow, about it. It was cool. Like the whole you know, Kofi the Snowman, Biggie uh, goes to town, whatever. That, that was all funny. Good stuff. That's about it, man. I don't have much else to go and say. I think uh, I pretty much have covered what I wanted to go and cover tonight. And I actually went a lot longer than I thought I was going to do in this program, given everything that was going on. Because... What else is going on this week in the in the world of wrestling? It's like it's just been kind of quiet. So it just has been kind of quiet. I mean, so with that said, I'm pretty happy with how things went with uh, the end of the WWE offseason. I'm happy with that. 
now that you guys know about it. And then I could talk about it without hacking, hacking up a lung to say it. Like, how about it, man? I didn't really call it that much at all. Unless I edited it out, but did I? So there we go, everybody. Thank you all for listening to the program tonight. And I hope this will be something that will be a, a welcome uh, Christmas present for me to you. Because I actually sat down here on Christmas night, decided to go and do the show tonight. Because I was really on the fence. Should I wait until next week to go and bring things back up and just put an announcement saying we're not doing a show this week? No. Because I didn't want to do that to you guys. I wanted to give you a show this week and I felt bad. Final note. We did get a winner for the Know Your KOP Christmas Contest. John Bonvillian from Twitter wrote to the show. He answered the uh, questions that I had up on the list of my favorite TV shows, favorite movies, and the amount of shows that was a good prediction of how many shows we will be doing by the end of 2015 in total for the year. <coughs> so congratulations to John Bonvillian. If I said that last name wrong, I know I probably did. Or John Bonvillian, I'm not sure. But anyway, thank you for entering, and thank you. Your congratulations. He won a $25 gift card from Amazon, courtesy of AmazonIsReal.com. And remember, go to AmazonIsReal.com, not just now for Christmas anymore, but remember, if you need to binge watch some stuff on TV and you got nothing to watch, what a great place to go. And by the way, um, I know some listeners out there, they went ahead and invested some Amazon Fire uh, products, Amazon Fire and Amazon Fire Stick because they're going to get themselves ready to watch some TV, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or what have you. Time for some binge-watching, folks. One thing I watched actually over the weekend, or actually just yesterday, while I was trying to get over the cold, um, one of the things I did watch was a Frank Sinatra special, All or Nothing at All, an HBO special. It was a two-hour, uh, a two-part documentary on him. Amazing. If you haven't had a chance to watch that, do. And like I said, tomorrow... I feel good enough. I'm going to go back out to the theaters. I got a lot of movies to watch. I'm going to go watch Joy with Jennifer Lawrence, Concussion with Will Smith, the remake of Point Break. I want to watch The Big Shift with uh, Christian Bale, Steve Carell. I forget who else is in it. And, God, there's a whole lot of movies. There's the Benghazi movie. There's Legend with Tom Hardy. There's The Revenant. Oh, my God. There's a million movies to watch coming up in the next just couple of weeks, because that's just the way things are. Like if I go right now to Fandango and I took a look at all the events that are going on right now, like Jesus H like I already saw star Wars, by the way, I will give you the shout out about that. I enjoyed it a lot. Star Wars. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people said the same thing. It had the feel of episodes four, five and six, the original, what was it? Uh, the original star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi kind of feel. It definitely felt like one of those episode four or five, you know, movies. So it felt really good. Like he did a lot of action. I thought the new characters were really cool. Really cool. Oscar Isaac didn't have a whole lot of big time in there, but he was good. I loved seeing Han and Leia back in there. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, seeing Chewie back out there. Uh, the new BB-8 model, you know, the, robot, the droid was cool. The whole movie was good, and I could see myself going back to watch it again and again. Like that, Star Wars was really good. They did a hell of a job this time. Really good job by the the Disney crew and J.J. Abrams and all that. They did a hell of a job. So, <clears throat> lots of credit. 
I'd almost be on the fence of watching Sisters, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. The Hateful Eight's next week. They're being shot in 70 millimeter film. I'm looking forward to that. There's just some really good movies that I got. Daddy's Home, I'm interested in watching. I wanted to go see, possibly. And then if I'm looking at movies that are coming up soon, you got... I'm not a big on Ride Along. I'm not going to watch that, no. But there are a bunch of movies that are left to watch that are coming up that I'm looking real forward to seeing just down the line. So there you have it, folks. I hope you guys have already had a great Merry Christmas and you enjoy it and you have you got all the presents that you want. I myself got a lot of gift cards for the, for the movie theater right next to my house, so I'm going to be propped over there and flip-flops and all comfortable with a big tub of popcorn, buttered up, ready to go and watch some movies this weekend and next weekend and the weekend after that. So I'll be doing that for a while. That'll keep me entertained. And we got a lot of stuff coming on, man. Next week, got college football playoffs to watch. NFL playoffs are already going to get started pretty soon. You got two more weeks in the NFL. Things are fun, man. So there's going to be some things to entertain you. And like I said, start finding some binge watching. And if you guys want any requests on any any uh, TV shows that I would recommend, try to catch up on, you know, that's kind of short. You might want to go ahead and just like watch for yourself and see if you like, then, you know, hit me up and I'll give you some recommendations. Meantime, I wish you guys a great holiday season. We'll be back this coming Tuesday in just a couple days. Back to go and give you the year-end review. We look back at the entire year 2015, and we'll leave it at that. And we hope you guys have a happy and healthy. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Take care. Pleasure's been ours. Good night.